When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. I'm excited to be joined by a European Cup winner, a league champion, an Anglo-Italian Cup winner, a man who should have been a UEFA Cup finalist, and only one of the players made more appearances for Nottingham Forest in the history of the club. I'd like to be joined by Ian Bowyer this week. Ian, hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for joining me. Um, when, you, when you hear that CV back the, all these years later, uh, could you have imagined that as a little kid who dreamed of being a footballer or not? Uh, yes, I do. And uh, I'm very happy with it. Very proud of uh, my achievements in, in football. And uh, yeah, I look back with it with uh, a lot of happy moments. And uh, you do remember the happier moments more so than the, the downsides. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you settle for what you've got. And I'm, I'm quite happy with uh, how my football career went as a player. Yeah. Were you, did you think you were always destined to be a footballer? I mean, you go back all the way to playing in school. Were you the best kid on the playground and all that stuff? Um, initially, I was um, at junior school and, and things like that. Um, but then I start. Well, I used to play in, in in my days. There was no such thing as academies. There was no such thing as. Um, the Sunday morning leagues that they have now, there was um, a school team. And if you're any good, you came out of the school team and you play for the district team of your age group. And my district was Ellesmere Port, which is now um, Ellesmere Port, Cheshire. It, uh, my address used to be, I lived in a village called Little Sutton. And my address was Little Sutton, Wirral, Cheshire. Mm. And so Ellesmere Port was the nearest district. So I, I played to Ellesmere Port, uh, for Ellesmere Port. Mm. And uh, I did play once for Cheshire Schoolboys at under 15 level, but we lost 6 1 to Staffordshire and they never chose me again. So there you go. That's my first, first heartbreak as, uh, as a 15 year old. Um. Uh, what position did you play? Because you famously played every position for Forest. Yeah, I kind of played left wing in those days. Um, and I could score a goal. I, 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 you know, I think, I think if people score goals in the under-11s leagues and it goes right the way through to the rest of your career, I think where the goals are scored from, whether it's under 11s or whether it's you know the European Cup finals, then there's a tendency for the goals to be scored from the same position. So uh, you instinctively know where the goals are going to come from, and you get into those positions if you can. Did you always 
I mean, when did you settle on being um, a central midfielder? Was that at Man City? Or uh, forgive me for not knowing, but you were obviously no, a versatile player. Uh, it, it kind of I'd, at school I'd played a little in in midfield and, and I played once or twice in midfield during my uh, brief time at at Orient, but it wasn't until we had I was in the team at Forest playing as a striker. I'm doing okay, uh, scoring a few goals. Um, but we signed John O'Hare, and we also had Barry Butlin at the time. Now, of the three, I was scoring more than uh, John and Barry, but Brian Clough came to me one one morning and he said, uh, "I have a problem. I want I want you, uh, Barry Butlin, and John O'Hare." To being my team um, and of the three one of you is going to have to play in midfield mm-hmm. and you're better equipped to play in midfield than the other two so that's where I became a midfield player um, it took me a while to get to know um, basically positions um, but one of the biggest biggest bonuses of me dropping into midfield was that john robertson moved from a midfield player to being uh, our left winger mm. so i was very fortunate and john was um, delighted it was the making of john let me skirt back a little bit um how did you end up at forest because you've had early success in your career at man city as mentioned and Forrest weren't in a great state necessarily when you arrived. So what was the, the journey to Nottingham? Um, yeah, I was in the team. I was always a teenager when I played for Manchester City. Mm. In as much as they sold me when I was 19 years of age, which rightly or wrongly, well, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's wrong no matter who it is. Because at 19, it's like somebody being 19 and being expected to be the finished article. You you can't be that at 19. Um, Anyway, so I I left and I I went and signed for Orient in what was uh, Division 2 or today's championship. Mm. And I played there for two seasons. Um, First season, I quite enjoyed it. I didn't take to London though, and I, no, I, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't particularly happy there. My second season uh, didn't go so well for me personally, and uh, when Dave Mackay was the manager of Forest, and I got the opportunity to come out of London uh, to join Nottingham Forest, I, I couldn't get there quick enough. I jumped at it, so that's really how I got to Nottingham in the first place for October 1973. Mm. So it's uh, it's nearly 50 years yet. So you had a spell, I know it was a very short spell under Dave Mackay and then a longer spell under Alan Brown. What were your early days at the club like before we get to the Brian Clough years? Well, um, the club, before I got there, had been relegated. Yeah. So the club was kind of, it was... It was split in two between experienced players um, that had played in the old first division and been relegated, the likes of uh, Neil Martin, 
John Winfield, Peter Hindley, uh, Sammy Chapman, um, Paul Richardson, and a younger element, which was John Robertson, Martin O'Neill, um, Leo, or Liam O'Kane. Yeah, he was he'd played in the, the first division as well. So it was kind of you were you were in one of the camps. You were you were the experienced lads. Um, kind of moaning about the glory days that you just lost, or you were the young ones desperately fighting to get into the first team. So uh, I was kind of in between the two. Um, but talking to you, I'd like to say I was one of the younger ones. <laughs> what was it like then when Brian Clough came in? Was uh, how it must have been like a bit of a frenzy, I guess, because of what he'd done in the game coming to Forest. What was it like inside the dressing room? Well, you just knew that something uh, was going to change. Um, he'd had that kind of profile um, that we hadn't experienced before as players. And uh, he didn't waste any time um, kind of putting in place the fact that he was the boss and, uh, you know, you're going to do things my way or, or it's down the road time. Mm. Uh, he used to have this little. I used to, I used to get a bit annoyed about it. I quite laugh about it now. But he used to have this trick when he first came in, and uh, you'd see him in the morning in the corridor by the dressing room. And you'd say, "Morning, Gaffer," and you get no response. And then the next morning, you you wouldn't say "Morning, Gaffer," and he would say, "Are you ignoring me?" So you were kind of. You were always on your toes. You didn't know what he was, what he was, what he was going to do next. Mm. I mean, I was. Asked... Uh, no, I mean, he, it was, it was, it was great times. It was. We thought at the time that we were pretty serious about football, but he was took us to a different level of um, uh, the way you saw football and the way you went about. I'm sure. I'm sure we we were all with, became ten percent more professional overnight i think i've asked uh, a lot of the players from your team the same question but you, I, I, I don't know if you do an impression what was your do you recall your first meeting oh i remember my first meeting with brian clough because uh i, I rarely got very very rarely got injured and i was injured the the day he came to the club and i was in the treatment room lying on a um a medical bed and uh, he came in and said right is this where the sick the lame and the lazy hang out is it <laughs> because i have to say that there are an awful lot of players that are quite happy to be in the treatment room hmm. especially those aren't that aren't uh, playing particularly well it can be the um the safety zone for uh, players of low confidence um but you know i uh i was surprised at how how tall or how you know physical presence he had mm. um yeah and he, he you know he was just he just grabbed you he just got you from from day one you just whatever he said you listened to mm. whether you agreed with it was was something else but eventually he got we, we got to the stage where everybody just 
agree with, with what he said because, it, you know, it, it was 100% correct. Did you ever challenge him? I, I spoke to Martin O'Neill on this um, not long ago when he had his book out. And I think he had not a confrontational relationship with him, but he was willing to step up to him. Did you ever challenge the manager or not? Well, I didn't have a choice. I, when he first came in January of 75, my contract finished in June of 75. They offered, although they offered me a new contract, Forrest, actually the terms of it, the, the, the collective value of my contract was less than the previous contract. Surprise, surprise. And so I wrote off to the PFA, which is our union, and said, uh, I don't think this is correct that they're trying to offer me uh, a smaller salary than I had previous contract. So the PFA agreed with me. And via the Football League, I was actually granted a free transfer from Forest in mm. 1975. And uh, Forest, i.e. Brian Clough, um, appealed against it. And we went down to a tribunal at Lancaster Gate. Um, and uh, I was represented by... Uh, a lad called Derek Dugan, who was a very, very famous player for Wolverhampton, Northern Ireland International. And he was the chairman or the player's representative of the PFA. So there we are, um, one afternoon um, in London. I go down on the train with uh, the club secretary, Ken Smales. Very polite with each other we were, although we're when, when we get to the tribunal, we're on different sides, obviously. Um, Brian turns up in the famous green shirt in the middle of London with all these taxi drivers shouting at Cluffy and to the effect of, Cluffy, where's your dugout? Have you, can't you find your dugout? So he, he, was, he wasn't really... Um, dress for the occasion to be sat in with some of these fa dignitaries mm. and uh, so i did challenge him in a, in, a, in a backward way via the with the assistance of the of the pfa and uh we actually agreed a contract without well we went into to the tribunal but when we went into the tribunal all we did was tell the tribunal that we actually agreed a contract um but he used to remind me of it. He used to say, you took me to London uh, on a tribunal. Mm. So I used to say, no, Brian, uh, not Brian, uh, no, Gaffer, you took me because Forrest appealed against the decision. Mm. So I didn't take you, you, you took me. But uh, he didn't forget it. He didn't forget the fact that I'd... Um, yeah, I'd cost him an evening, uh, an afternoon in, in London. Did you have any other clubs lined up? I just wonder how different your career might have been. It, was, it sounds like a crossroads moment. No, no, because I I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really, um, I didn't really want to go anywhere. I was quite happy where I was. Um, I was of the opinion that, uh, rightly or wrongly, things would improve under Brian Clough. Mm. And... The knowledge, the knowledge um, that I'd been given a uh, free transfer wasn't uh, common knowledge 
So I don't think there were many people, if any, that that, that knew um, that I could be available for nothing. Mm. How did your relationship evolve over time with him? I mean, you worked with him two spells, but until 1987, was there a big evolution in, in the kind of bond you had with him, if you had a bond at all? Um, he didn't call any any of the players. Um rarely by the christian names it was always your surname always your surname which was some people kind of uh you know you've got a christian name some people <laughs> would like to be would like to be called by the christian name but it never it never happened oh mm. except with kenneth kenneth occasionally got uh called by his christian name when he when he done well um but I was just the same as everybody else. We were very much uh, players. He was very much the manager. There was no um, friendship, I don't see, with even the players he'd had before, John McGovern, uh, John O'Hare. Um, there may be a little bit more respect for, for them because he'd known them longer. But uh, no, it was uh, my relationship with him I suppose I came, I, I left in 1982, I came, no, left in 1981, came back in 1982. Um, so the fact that he brought me back, um, he must have thought, he must have had some kind of respect for me. And during the five years from 82 to 87, I was, uh, I was captain and he used to call me used to call me skipper or the mm. captain that's as close as you know he, he, he would call, he would call your pal um every now and again um but not very sincerely <laughs> so i spoke to some players like john mcgovern and gary and kenny and i got the impression that they respected the gaffer and in a way i mean gary especially loved him I don't know if players really liked him as a bloke or how did you view him in that way? Um, I always thought that as a bloke, he was the kind of bloke you could have, you, you, you could have been a friend of his mm. because he was, he could be quite funny. Um, generally at your expense. Um, but no, I, I well, certainly everybody, everybody respected him and, I I believed that ninety nine percent of the players that played for him liked him and would play for him again. Mm. The one percent was uh, Tony Woodcock. Tony Woodcock, when uh, Brian Clough first came to the club, was the youngest lad in in the squad, and as such, got some of the rubbish jobs to do and one of the rubbish jobs um before brian Clough's very first game away at tottenham in the fa cup uh he asked tony woodcock to clean his shoes for him and tony wasn't uh particularly happy that uh he had to clean brian's shoes but uh, there you go um yeah so no i i, I honestly think that uh, with the passing of time you look back and you think he 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 was good company 
he could be funny um but when it came to the actual business side of the job uh the man was ruthless mm-hmm. um i just want to go back to 1977 78 obviously you win the league you sign the great players like shilton comes in uh, and you have this incredible season did you personally feel ready to go back to the first division did you think you could perform as well as you did um well i hadn't played so it's 77 i hadn't played in the first division for uh six years uh the last time the last time i played in the first division i was a teenager Mm. so now i'm um 25 years of age uh certainly stronger um wiser and uh if i wasn't going to if i wasn't going to be um up to it now then i don't think i would ever have been up for up, up for it so um i looked at it as being uh, a brilliant opportunity to get myself back and playing at the, at the highest level so i think uh, the feeling amongst the the players was was that um lots of us had had a sniff of it uh some more successfully than others and uh, but we were united in as much that we were going to uh give it our best to see how 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 good we were and um well the rest is history isn't it we uh, we did okay didn't we you certainly did when did you start to believe um, when did you start to believe you were going to win the league, and when did you start? You could. When did you start to believe the following season you could win the European Cup? Well, uh, our first game was Everton away the year mm. we won the league, and we won the game three-one. And believe it or not, into our dressing room after this is Goldust, into our dressing room after the match came the great bill shankley oh wow yeah and he's having a word with uh brian clough obviously and i overheard him say to brian you can win it if you're in if you're in it you can win it this is one game into the season yeah but he's, he's saying he's saying to brian if you're in it you can win it and uh i yeah you kind of think oh well, well if the great man thinks uh we've got a chance and then it but it wasn't really the game that um strengthened everybody's resolve to think that we could win it was uh we won four nil away at old trafford in december mm. december of 77 that was the that was the one game that you thought <clears throat> we must have a chance here um everybody kept talking about the bubble our bubble was going to burst mm. but it never did and then you get to the stage where you we were always um four or five points ahead bearing in mind it was two points for a win in those days we weren't losing games <coughs> excuse me so we always had uh, effectively two games start on uh, Liverpool. Everton did come into the picture for a while, but uh, 
no, we managed to uh, to win it and win it uh, comfortably in the end. When did you start to believe you'd win the European Cup? Was it the Liverpool game? Was it that early? They were the reigning champions. So as such, you think they're the best team in it. Uh, the moment we knock them out, uh, does that make us the best team in it? Uh, we don't know, but uh, it's, it says uh, you shouldn't be a million miles off. Uh, so we took a lot, a great deal of confidence from uh, knocking Liverpool out. Yeah, that that really put it in our minds that you know we, we, we've got a big, big chance here. Um, I bet you haven't done an interview for years and years. I've like been asked about Cologne and those goals. Is, uh, yeah, is that career highlight for you beyond actually winning the, the finals and lifting trophies? Is that the best moment for you? Um, I think so. Um, simply of what what the goal meant. I mean, the, you know, everybody had uh, near enough given up on us, uh, except for the people of Nottingham. Um, so uh, to to score the goal that won the game, uh, that took us to the the first. European final. Of course, if you don't get to the first European final, there would never have been a second European mm. final. So it was it was what followed on that made the the goal uh, so very very important. Uh, so that honour certainly is my time at at, uh, at Forest. That was that was the highlight. Um, Thank goodness I didn't score an own goal in the game and, and uh, you know, had to live with that all the years. Um, can you imagine that? The highlight of your career, scoring an own goal in the semi-final of the European Cup. Oh, my God, that would be terrible. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was just, just, just happy times, you know, everybody about the city, um, people working in the big factories, the the John players, uh, the rally factories, you know, the, the production was going up in these places. If you're happy and 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 you you're doing okay, then uh, you're gonna produce football or you know, making cycles at uh, at rallies. Was there an immediate appreciation for you as a twenty six year old when you lifted that first European Cup that it was a life changing moment? Um, it was, it was just that, that sense of fulfillment that, um, you get from it that, okay, that's it. And that is as high as you can go in terms of, uh, club football. Okay. There's the world cup and the rest of it for international players, but I, I was never in, in, in there. So. I'd effectively achieved the highest level I could um, on winning the, the European Cup. So uh, that gave me a lot of satisfaction and a lot of confidence going forward for the rest of my career, knowing that uh, you'd, you'd, you'd been successful at the, at the top table. Mm. You mentioned England there. Like uh, you, you, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you played for England at, at any level. Gary got three caps. John McGovern never played for Scotland. Even John Robertson 
didn't get past 30 caps for Scotland. How come that team got so little in uh, international recognition? Does it does it grate on you as well? No, it doesn't grate on me for one second. Um, I didn't. I, I never considered myself to be uh, an international footballer. I just considered myself to be a hard-working, honest footballer with limited ability that uh, um, I knew. I knew where I was, and I knew. I knew exactly what I was. Um, certainly, there were Gary Bootles, To my mind, should have got more than three caps. Uh, John McGovern was was unfortunate. He was competing with the likes of Sunes and and, and our own Archie Gemmell, of course. Mm. Um, so, yeah, international teams were, were were difficult to get in, and and with some international teams, once you're in the national team, it's actually harder to get out of it. <laughs> it is today, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So no, I, I I was quite happy with uh, what I had on my plate at uh, at club level. I, I I never give it a second thought. Actually, uh, international football. The only time I was selected to play for England youth team, hmm. um, and it was a friendly game. We were going to play England uh, England youth team, which is under eighteen. We're going to play. Um, Burnley under 21s at Turf Moor so they picked the squad and I was in the squad and the game was called off with bad weather mm. and, I never, and I was never called up again so <laughs> it wasn't to be but it, it never it never bothered me that much at all um, How come you left in 1981 for Sunderland? Was the manager wanting to freshen up the team and he thought you would you know, want to move on or was it a personal choice? Uh, what happened was, 1980, we lost to Sofia in in the um, European Cup. And the club, I think, was a little bit short on uh, finance. And of the players that were... Uh, able to get fees for um, because people uh, some of the lads had, had got to an age where they they, they wouldn't really command uh, much cash and Frank Clark had left and gone to Sunderland uh, Frank wanted me to go and, and join him at Sunderland and uh, the club needed the cash so, you know, the two um, happened. So uh, Frank was the was the driver of me going to Sunderland. Excuse me. Mm. Um, do you have a second thought about coming back then? <coughs> Not at all. <laughs> coming back, <coughs> we had uh, Frank and and the manager. Uh, Ken Knighton, they got, during my very, very brief, I played 13 games. Of,
Oh, there we go. Um, the only injury I ever had was I ruptured a medial ligament in my right knee. Mm. And I was out of playing for about six months. During that time, Frank and Ken Nightingwood were sacked and Alan Durban became the, the manager. Alan Durban had worked for Brian Clough at Derby and uh, he came to Sunderland and I I thought he was trying to be Brian Clough at times. So it, it didn't quite happen. We didn't, we didn't get on too mm. well, Alan, Alan and myself. And I asked for a transfer and uh, it was the time Brian had had a, a health problem. Peter Taylor rang me and uh, told me that uh, he'd like to sign us back at Forest, um, not to get excited because there wouldn't be any money in it for me, um, which was par for the course. Yeah. Um, so when I got the opportunity to come again, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get back quickly enough. In mm. fact, I, I forfeited some signing on money that, that I was due when, when I left Forest to join. Uh, Sunderland so yeah I paid to come back to Forest if you like <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess you weren't the only one who did that so I mean Gary came back from United um, unless you were like I've spent big money on Trevor Francis I'm sure Peter Shilton was well in burst but is, does it make it all the more remarkable that you achieved so much because you didn't have like huge amounts of money to, to bankroll it all did you no um Certainly, uh, the likes of Larry Lloyd, uh, Kenny Burns, they weren't big, big signings. They were just really, really good signings. Um, I think Archie didn't cost a lot. I don't know what um, I don't know what we paid for Peter, but it wasn't anything um, as much. The, the only one w w was Trevor, really. Mm. Um, but uh, no, we were just strong. We were we were united. We had a competitive edge to us. Uh, we had a competition in the dressing room. Um, all the positions were up for up for selection. Um, yeah, it, it, it just it just worked on on a complete. Um, basis of you know uh, we get along we're, we're, we're doing alright we're competitive um, we had we started to lose the senior players like Larry went to Wigan where did Martin go I think he went to Norwich or Man City or one of those uh, Kenny went to Leeds so uh, when I went back almost overnight the dressing room had changed from a very experienced dressing room to a, a young uh, dressing room where the likes of Stuart Gray, uh, Bryn Gunn, Gary Mills uh, were, were, were trying to force their way into the team. So um, the young lads had had an opportunity simply because the, of the finances of the club had, uh, and meant that they couldn't go out and, and get the players that, that they would have liked to have bought. Mm. They, I mean, your they, second they, spell. That's my second spell, yeah. 
yeah, you didn't have the same level of success, but you you had lots of good players. There was, you know, players like Hodge and Walker would come through and Pierce would, would join. Um, yeah. Do you have that same sort of fondness in a way for your second spell as your first, even though there were differences? Yeah, I I, um, I got a, a great deal. I got a great deal of satisfaction from um, watching so many of these young lads go from being young lads to being um, uh, capable uh, Division One players, and there were endless amounts i mean liam O'Kane did a great job with the young lads um you know i could i could list yeah you know i mean from goalkeepers i could almost give you a team of them like the stephen suttons of this world um chris fairclough peter davenport stephen wigley uh, you mentioned des walker nigel clough okay stuart pierce came but was bought mm. but there was um an awful lot of uh, young bloods that uh, got in the team and and became really really good players. You, that spell deserves. I, you know, certainly myself. Myself, uh, we brought Paul Hart in later on. We we brought Kenny Swain in later on. Um, so oh oh, and obviously Hans van Brooklyn. We signed Hans van Brooklyn. He was a really good signing. And a great guy in the in the dressing room. So it was it was a very difficult job. I I was there for three seasons. Um, my last season, uh, my very last game actually, we won the F, we won the FA Cup. Yes, that's the Welsh FA Cup, Matthew. <laughs> was that that thing? No, you didn't. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was my last game. And then uh, we had a, a difference of opinion uh, with regards to my son Gary, and uh, we 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 departed. Uh, but I, I I came away from Hereford thinking, well, that's okay. Um, I've got three years under my belt now as a, a manager. I know more about the job. Um, but I never, I never got, I never, I, I applied for different jobs. Um, I never got a look in again. Mm, mm. Um, I had a job interview. I'm not know. the only person. I mean, there are lots of people that didn't get one opportunity. So I, I can't, um, I can't complain and say I didn't get a chance. I did get a chance. Um, uh, but perhaps I took the wrong option. But there you go. Such is life. We live and learn and we move on. Uh, I had a job interview once in Hereford. I didn't realize how remote it was. It's almost impossible to get to. So, yeah, it's a, a, I can see why you'd have struggled to get players. Um, you mentioned Gary there. Did you play alongside him in a few games? Uh, two, I think. Ah, uh, okay. But the only two I remember, you have to remember, I was picking the team, Matthew. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So... No, we were short. We had lots of injuries towards the end of the uh, be April, May of yeah, April of nineteen ninety, and uh, we had lots of injuries. And Gary got uh, 
Gary was a non-contract player at, which is effectively means he's an amateur player at Hereford. <coughs> and uh, he made his debut against Scunthorpe, I think it was. Mm. And I was I was substituting the game. And we were losing 2-0. Uh, I made a great substitution. The manager made a great substitution and brought me on. Um, and Gary scored a goal to make it 2-1. And we actually drew the game two each. So, um, yeah, we, we did play in the same team together which was the first time since I think it was David Hurd and his father. It's not been done since. And that was 1990. Mm. So it's not, the, it's not the, it's not a common thing. And the mm. second occasion, I think, I think it was away at Aldershot. Uh, obviously the same season. Uh, Gary started and I came on as a sub. So I think it was twice we played in the same team, mm. but I was always better than him. <laughs> How did you end up back at Forest in 2002, would it have been, with Paul Hart? How did that come about? 2001, summer of 2000, uh, yeah, July 2001, I think. Um, well, I'd, I'd been with Trevor Francis at, at Birmingham mm. and we'd, we'd managed to get into the playoffs three years on the trot at, at uh, Birmingham. So uh, the summer, well, the May of 2001, 2000 and 1999, we'd, we'd been in three playoffs and we'd never got past the first stage of the playoffs. So we didn't even get to the playoff final. And uh, I think... Um, the club at Birmingham um, had, uh, I, I, I just got the feeling that they wanted to change something round and it was, it was easier to change um, the coaches. They were never going to get rid of um, Trevor because he's, he is Mr. Birmingham City. Um, so uh, they swapped the coaches around. I kind of, was asked to take the uh, reserves, which I didn't particularly like, um, having been with the first team for the three years that they made the uh, playoffs. Um, so when I got the opportunity, Paul Hart asked me to, to join him at, at Forest. I, um, I was only too happy to get back. Uh, mm. Forest at that stage was... Um, a little bit similar to when I went as as a player. We had uh, players there that had played in the old first division, uh, i.e. the uh, Bart Williams, uh, Ricky Schimmicker, um, John Helder, and then we had the the young ones, uh, Jenis Dawson. Uh, Andy Reid. Um, so it was a question of uh, rebuilding and, and putting a team together, which after 12 months we managed to do. And then uh, our second season, we, we got to the, the playoffs against Sheffield United. Mm. No, well, my lowest moment as a fan, that second leg. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not 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 particularly nice. So, uh, so yeah, I was back there for um, three years, mm. three and a bit years, and then um, Joe Kinnear came in. I worked with Joe for um, probably probably twelve months or something of that nature. Anyway, then uh, he brought in a couple of coaches of his own and myself and uh, uh, and Liam O'Kane were, were dismissed. Um, and that was that was my time at Forest Dunn. But I enjoyed it. I had, had a great time. They had a really good run there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Did you look at that team? Liam O'Kane. Mm. Wait a minute. I mentioned Liam O'Kane. Liam O'Kane um, had been at the club from, I think, 1968 until 2004. Can you believe that? That is some Forest career as player, coach, Cluffy's assistant, you name it. What that lad did for Forest is is incredible. Um, probably the last question. Did you look at that team with Paul that you had in, that made the playoff semi-finals and think that team could have gone on to do a lot better if they just got that break and got into the Premier League? Could it have changed a lot for the club? Well, I remember going into, well, a discussion. It wasn't a board meeting as such because uh, coaching staff didn't go into, into board meetings. But we had a chat with um, uh, Nigel Doughty and uh, Mark Arthur. And we effectively uh, said that uh, with a couple of signings we think we can be you know knocking on the door again to get back in the premiership anyway um they didn't quite find the funds for what we uh, wanted to do and we actually lost um both fullbacks uh, matthew louis john we lost him uh jim brennan went to to norwich um I think Ricky Schimmicker left. Then mm. Tottenham, Tottenham had already taken. Uh, oh, sorry, Newcastle had already taken Jermaine Jenis. Um, so we weren't as, as strong, and we needed to uh, strengthen in some areas. Um, but sadly, we we didn't really get the the funds to uh, to do what we thought we needed to do. Yeah, that was a shame. Very sad. Which yeah. is very sad. True, yeah. The players you brought in, well, the players you were able to bring in weren't as good, but that's a shame. Um, what's Forest? Last question. What's Forest mean to you then now, these years later, back home in Cheshire? Well, it's uh, it means it's it's. I look up on Nottingham as being the place where I was uh, happiest during my football career. I mean, my football career. I, I made my debut for Man City in nineteen sixty eight. And if I if I say that I did play a couple of substitute appearances for Hereford in nineteen ninety, that's uh, that's four different decades, and of all those times, Nottingham was way way uh, ahead of the others in terms of success, happiness, satisfaction, you name it. Um, I sit and sometimes 
you know, the, the games will come on and they'll play Mullock on the television. And yeah, like everybody says, the head, hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Um, oh, they're just fantastic, fantastic memories that uh, will be with me for for the rest of my, my days. Um, I just wish it was uh, starting again tomorrow. <laughs> you wish you played tomorrow with all the money in the game now. <laughs> Well, everything comes at a price. Um, I I always say that uh, we had the kind of profile that was a lot uh, more private than they have today. Um, literally, if um, if a football player does anything uh, that he shouldn't do nowadays, <coughs> everybody knows about it. Whereas in our days. Um, that you, you could be looked after a little bit mm, mm. so everything comes at a price but yeah i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind a six month playing career now <laughs> true six months would be enough, i think yeah one day in saudi arabia you'd be set for life yeah true yeah, um right. afternoon. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there thanks very much to everyone who's watched along hope you enjoyed that as ever do like and subscribe thank you for listening to garibaldi red a nottingham forest podcast if you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.